Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com, auto, home, life, business, boat, RV, motorcycle, whatever it may be. They'll do everything they can to save you money, and they will also make sure you are fully insured. Pros, pros, customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. All right. Time now to bring in longtime friend, although he won't claim it, and that is the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, the voice of the ACC Network, Wes Durham. My friend, welcome back. How are you, Steve? Doing great, pal. How about you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's ironic that I'm doing this show today because uh, I'm actually doing my first Notre Dame game with Coach Shrewsbury uh, tomorrow, and I have a couple Notre Dame games coming up, and I saw... Calvin Booth's son is playing at yes. Notre Dame, and I'm just yeah. like, how much older do I need to be told I, I am? No, exactly. Kerry Booth, who obviously had signed here and then, of course, was right, released, right, yeah. was released and then went with Micah to Notre Dame. So when yeah. you get a chance, please make sure, because I've texted him a couple times, but just make sure you tell Micah I said hi. And, and, oh, I'm happy to do it, yeah. And Mike Farrelly and all those guys there, Greg Diskinis. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. Yep. So um, it was an interesting year for the ACC uh, with what happened with Florida State. And Florida State, tell me if I'm wrong, entered the season mad anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now, let me me clarify a little bit of the national rhetoric about Florida State. Let's go with Um, that. Yeah, because I think what nationally has been played out about Florida State and what reality is, is a little bit of gray here. Um, the first thing that folks need to know is that Florida State paid eight, paid Willie Taggart $18 million not to coach anymore. True. Okay? Um, and that happened after Stan Wilcox, who was the athletic director that hired Willie Taggart when Jimbo Fisher left for Texas A&M, but controversy there. Uh, and part of the reason Jimbo left, because he was concerned about resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chief of staff to the president, uh, John Thrasher, David Coburn, became the a- athletic director when Stan Wilcox left. And when Stan left, it was six months after Willie Taggart got the job. Okay. So Stan kind of may have seen the writing on the wall, if you know what I mean. I got you. So David Coburn takes over as the athletic director, interim athletic director, and he is a politically, as you might imagine, university guy, chief of staff to the president. Yep. So Florida State really didn't do anything resource-wise. They hired Tiger as a football coach. Everything else kind of stayed status quo. Mike Martin retired as baseball. And the reason I'm telling you all this is Florida State turns around out of the pandemic uh, Michael Alford comes in as the athletic director, and you may have, if you follow the transactions of athletic directors, which is a lot like coaches now, <laughs> yeah. um, Michael Alford was not supposed to be the AD. He was supposed to run Seminole Boosters. Right. Vince Tyre, who was not going to have his contract renewed at Louisville for, for 
36 hours, they thought he was coming to Florida State. And I tell you all that to tell you that Florida State found itself in financial straits. And all that's starting to come around as a result of NIL and all the things we have now in our world. And then last August, Florida State decides that, okay, well, we're going to tell people that we're not happy. And look, they've got some, they've got some gripes, absolutely. And they're right about some and wrong about others. Right. And then they have this unbelievable year and now all of a sudden they don't get in and it just refires that engine, if you will. Um, so it's, it's been an interesting fall for Florida State. Mike Norvell, though, amidst all this, Steve, yeah, it should be understood how good a job he's done rebuilding Florida State and using the portal efficiently and retaining players and developing players. And remember now, two years ago in 21, he started the season 0-4 with a loss on a Hail Mary to Jacksonville State. Right. Remember that distinctly. Yeah, and, and Roddy Jones and I did that game. And so, you know, I, I think Mike Norvell turned their football program around, and I think they are a factor, not just this year. I think they're going to continue to be a factor. But, yeah, it's been a frustrating year for Florida State, and I think in some respect now the ACC has seen kind of its life flash in front of it a little bit, and it's going to be interesting to see how the league reacts going forward given the landscape of the expanded playoff. Right, uh, which brings me to the part about the grant of rights. And my point about the grant of rights has been you have to remember the landscape no of the situation when yep. everybody signed. Right. Mm-hmm. So yep. there, there was a lot of logic as to why they did what they did when they did it, including yep. the ACC network now being a part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh from everything you understand, and I know it's a, it's like it's a very simple five to eight page document. I mean, in reality, I, I haven't found anybody yet who's found a way to get out of it, or at least found a loophole. Have you? No, and a lot of people claim to, and a lot of people on uh, what my dad used to call the internet jockeys have uh, <laughs> have said, "Oh, well, you know, X school has found this, and they'll be filing." And I'm asked. You know, like you would be regarding Penn State. I'm asked by a lot of ACC people in our travels this fall, well, do you think, you know, School Y or School J is going to leave the league? And I said, well, when? Like tomorrow? No. Can they leave in seven years? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know the bank account of each school. I do know what some approximates are at some schools. And I also know, too, and this is the part that I think is really funny. We have schools in this country who want to make these moves, and in Florida, I'll use Florida State as the example. And I have some friends who are, you know, Seminole boosters who are, you know, good, God-fearing Florida State fans. And they said, "Well, we're leaving the ACC." And my first question is, "Well, where are you going?" Right. And they're like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you have to understand that that conference has to cut you into their pie." Because you're not going to be able to take a slice of this pie with you to that league. Right. And all of a sudden you start explaining the business side of this. And next thing you know, they're, they're kind of backing off the, well, we're leaving. And I said, the most important piece about conference expansion, and you've seen it obviously with what the Big Ten has now done, mm. you not only have to know who's in your league, you have to know why they're in your league. Right. Exactly. And, and I would say this for the Big Ten folks and, and certainly Penn State, and, you know, Penn State's move from being a football independent to a member of the Big Ten is, is a remarkable story, and it came at a specific time and place in the history of the Nittany Lions. Right. Well, 
it feels like Oregon and Washington have made the move at a specific time and place, very similar to Penn State. feels like UCLA might be there by panic yes, <laughs> more true. than anything else. And, 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 and $104 million in debt in the yeah, athletic department. That's that's the other thing. See, USC's there for a different reason. Oregon, Washington, yeah. other reason. Yep. UCLA's there because, like Maryland, UCLA needs the money. Maryland needed the money. Yep. And when the deal couldn't be, and I think we can say this now 12 years later, yep. when the deal when the deal couldn't be worked out with Georgia Tech and North Carolina, yep. they went to Maryland. That's right. And so reality is that, you know, Bud Peterson, who was the president of Georgia Tech at the time, and Holden Thorpe, who was at North Carolina, they didn't feel comfortable getting into the political, you know, mashings of what it would have been like to leave the ACC. Right. I think you have presidents and chancellors now who showed you in 2020 that they want that television revenue. They want it for athletics, and they also want it for their universities, and therefore they're willing to kind of break tradition to do it, and that's what we're seeing. And Washington and Oregon made the long-term play because they're going to get about half of what everybody else did. And Fox helped fund that part of it, but they're not going to get, quote, the full share until the next TV contract comes up. But, see, that's the long play that they're making yep. at this point. Yeah, and and see, and in the case of somebody like, and I'll use the ACC for an example, how bad does this? And you want to be in the league? Well, we'll come for free for eight <laughs> right. years. Yeah. I mean, we'll come on the, you know, <laughs> what I like to call the quick trip version yeah. or Wawa version yeah. of, you know, yeah. uh, of television contracts. We'll just come in and be a part of it, and then you let us know in the next. So, I, look, this is all this is all predicated in my mind, Steve, to twenty twenty, yeah. when they elected to play college football in the pandemic, and you know from the Big Ten how that posturing went. Yep. I know how it happened in the ACC and the SEC and some of these other leagues. When these chancellors and presidents said in 2020, we're going to play football, they didn't do it because they wanted to play football. They did it because of the financial ramifications right. on the back end. That's the bottom line. No oh, no question about it. They knew that they would lose at the gate, but in order to keep the TV contract money, they did it. Yep. I mean, that's exactly you know, right. It, and in, in my mind, that give it, that gave us the ground to change everything. Right. And I and that's why yeah. I heartily endorse what Chip Kelly said last week. No. I, it, Nobody has been more clear and more defined about what this is than what Chip Kelly said last week, yeah. in my mind. Yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, yep. and he, ta- he attacked it head on. Yep. And, you know, and I think it's something that is, it was worthy of not just a short listen, but a long listen, and maybe taking mm-hmm. some notes as to what he totally said. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do have to add, your bowl game this week is which one? I am uh, I'm in Tampa on Friday night. I've got a kind of an interesting game, uh, interesting week. I'm doing uh, UK and U of L basketball on Thursday night, and then fly to Tampa Friday morning. And I'm doing the Union Home Mortgage. I say that Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl Friday night at six thirty with UCF out of the Big Twelve in yeah. their first year in that league in Georgia Tech, who I'm vaguely familiar with. Huh, I'm trying to think if you have any ties to Georgia Tech. <laughs> Uh, just thinking back, um, you know what's interesting. Yeah. You know what's interesting about UCF, though. Let's see yeah. what you think about this. Everyone talks about Group of Five, and there certainly is going to be an exceptional Group of Five team that can step up. And at some point in this twelve-team playoff, they're they're going to get an upset. 
Mm-hmm. But you saw UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU go to the Big 12. Correct. And they were a combined 8-28 and 28 in the conference. That's right. That's an interesting sample size, I thought. Yeah, I think the UCF storyline, and I haven't really dug into Cincinnati, although I think I can look and tell a little bit about that. Yeah. For UCF, I think they've got enough speed in the Big 12. I think this won't be surprising to you. I think the question for UCF became their depth. Yeah, no doubt. And in particular on the offensive and defensive line. It's oh, um, Isn't that always the issue? That's always the issue. Yeah, but nobody wants to talk about it because it's not skill position, sexy, and you know, ratings and all that stuff. But the reality is, I think Gus Malzahn, I actually had UCF in Florida two years ago in the same game. Yeah. Right after, you know, they kind of announced they were going to Big 12. Yeah. And it's, and Gus said then, he said, you know, we might be able to get, this was Florida post Dan Mullen, you know, transitioning to Billy Napier. And I'm not sure Florida was terribly interested to be there, but the (laughs) idea of, the idea of what UCF was getting into was fascinating to talk with Gus about, and that reality is kind of come fruition now. Because it's Orlando, because they have 60,000 students, because I think they, they have plenty of positives in their resource bucket, I, I think UCF can be a factor in a league that is obviously evolving. Um, now with the addition of, you know, golly, Utah and Arizona and all the other things here, um, I'm fascinated by what that league's going to be. But I think they are speed ready. Uh, Georgia Tech is one of the faster ACC teams from a skill position offensively. Yep. yep. I think we'll have an entertaining game Friday yep. night. Very entertaining. Um, I have to ask you about the Falcons. I mean, there's sure. been a lot of there's been a lot of frustration with them during the course of the year. They're in yeah, an, absolutely. an interesting yeah. division where you actually can make a move. Uh, what has been your thought watching it play out this year? Um, I think there's some really interesting dynamics taking place in Atlanta that, you know, I've been blessed to do these games 20 years with Dave Archer, Steve. And, yeah. You know, every year is different. And people laugh because they say it's the NFL. Well, the roster's changed. Free agency <laughs> obviously is a factor. But here's the thing about Atlanta. They were so trapped in salary cap jail the last two years that this has really been the first year they could fortify kind of what they are and what they want to be. Right. Um, for me, the the transition's been interesting because they did a lot of their work in free agency to retool the defense, and they've done a great job there. Yeah. They've drafted well under Terry Fontenot's general manager's uh, hat here the last couple of years, and that includes Eva Katie, who's been terrific here yeah. and is having a great year. Um, but they elected to use the draft capital on the offensive side. So Drake London's there. Kyle Pitts is there. Bijan Robinson's there. They've done some things in the offensive line this year with Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. So it's been that kind of give and take with free agency. But they didn't have any money the last two years in free agency. I mean, we were signing guys on the back end of deals and all sorts of other stuff. It feels like they've, they're going to have a similar number to what they've had the last two years, but I think there's more to it. Is that encouraging enough to keep fans, you know, hope alive, if you will, for a team that mm-hmm. hasn't been to the playoffs since 16? Yep. I'm not sure. I think that's I think that's the real tricky part. And yesterday was just, you know, Desmond Ritter is an accomplished quarterback in the college game, but his yeah. pro experience right. has been really a roller coaster. And now he's got six red zone turnovers, including an interception yesterday on yeah. a drive that that probably would have won the game for him. Yeah, he's what ten ten touchdowns, ten picks right now to this point. Yeah, he is, and yeah. you know he's he's got all six 
Atlanta red zone turnovers this year. Three fumbles, three interceptions. People will talk about not drafting a running back in the first round. And, of course, Penn State saw that with Saquon Barkley with the Giants as the second overall pick. Uh, What was your thought on, on Robinson being picked out of Texas, and what kind of impact, as time goes, will he have? I think Robinson has a chance to be a game changer, but I think he has to be like anybody else, and I think they're finding this out in New York. I think Barkley is better when he's got a guy who can, you know, come in and take a couple of good bats for it, right? No doubt. Uh, Yeah, and I think that's what the running backs have to be. Derrick Henry's the only guy living out here in the NFL now who's a solo hammer, right? right? Yep. And they're even using Tajay Spears, but they use Spears in like a third down scenario. And but he's a complete changeup. Tyler Algier and Bajan Robinson have worked very well together, but Robinson's not going to run for 1,200 yards this year, and he's not going to catch 70 balls. But what he is going to do is he's impacting the game to allow Drake London to have a you know 200-yard day practically two weeks ago against Camp Tampa, and you know and let, allow some of these other guys to develop. But Atlanta's got a lot of things now, like I said, with the salary cap availability that they can now go in and kind of do some more fortifying in this offseason. I expect that's what they'll do. But the big issue in this league, and it shows itself every week, all you got to do is look, yep. is you've got to have day-in, day-out quarterback. Yep, no doubt. Just, yeah, and if you don't, you're not going to be in the mix. I mean, everybody that's in the mix right now has really good quarterback play, just about everybody. Yeah. And we got a lot of quarterbacks hurt, as everybody knows, but the reality is if you're in the mix, and I watched the team last night play and take apart a team a lot of people thought was going to win the AFC South. Yep. But Lamar Jackson was really good last night and yes. showed you why he's worth the investment. So, No question. Hey, yeah. try and make the golf tournament this year. I know. <laughs> hey, look, I, I mean, I realize that we have to now schedule around the PGA Championship. I realize that. And that's not because he's playing in it, although I think he could qualify. No, no, I'm not. My game has gone south on me, man. That's, that's because you. Good. That's because you're, you're spending too much talking about it on the air and oh. not time playing. It. Let me let me say this: a lot of people have found out in the last ten or twelve years, like all my friends are in the Big Ten who do games. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, I know. Like when the ACC Big Ten Challenge went away, I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> And they're like, why are you so upset? I said, well, you don't seem to understand, like, all these guys in the Big Ten I know. My daughter just took a job working in Washington for Northwestern University. I can't wait to tell Dave. Um, and it, and you know this because you and I have known each other a thousand years. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've got, like, things I cannot speak publicly on about Keels, LePay, <laughs> Fisher, and Dolphin. Neither can I. Look, exactly. you, you have to remember. This group, would it be safe to say, is Las Vegas. What happens there stays there. Unbelievable. <laughs> right? Am I fair? And I want to tell you, nobody, I mean, it, it, and my wife understands this, and several of my friends did. Had Georgia Tech gone to the Big Ten, I probably would still be there. Yeah. Because I'd be, like, hanging out with all my friends. Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> and the they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Because last people year, people like, wouldn't you have been sad to leave the ACC? Sure, sure. But you know, I'd be hanging out with all my buddies. I mean, plus you'd still see Johnny Holiday. You know what the heck? Oh, the best. Yeah. Are you kidding? 
Has he ever done? Has he ever come on your show and done the oh, DJ role? Oh my goodness! Snacks and wax him all the way back, kid. He's I mean, co- really. I mean, all, I mean, the stuff he did with Tim Conway, he'd do on the show here. Unbelievable! I mean, he's un- unbelievable. And, and he's eighty. Yeah, he's eighty. <laughs> and he's eighty, and he looks like he's fifty-five. And he sounds. And he and Mary sounds Claire 55. are the sweetest people on the planet, aren't they? Man. Oh my goodness! He's the best. I love him yeah. and Coach Naki in basketball. Yeah, he's got a Strachan. They do an unbelievable yeah. job. Johnny and my dad were oh, great I friends. Oh, I know. Oh no, Johnny talked about Woody all the time to me. Oh, he's Johnny is sensational. Yeah, and he's got he's got. That's why I want to hang out. I mean, hell, I almost came to Big Ten Media Day one time until I heard there was a big luncheon in the ballroom where they filmed The Fugitive, and I said, "Not a hell with that." No, I'm you're not going to do that. Not in that ballroom. No, no you're I'm not yeah. coming in that ballroom. Harrison Ford will chase. Harrison Ford's going to walk in, and all of a sudden he's going to get in a fight in the back corridor. <laughs> Yeah. At the Hilton Towers, here we go. Oh, man, what am I doing, LePay? I got, see, that's LePay. LePay's like the gatekeeper on me because, like, oh. you know, Keels and Dolphin will get you in trouble. Fisher's the ambassador. Yes. That's why your league is great. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I don't know how Jerry uh, Allen out at Oregon is going to handle this. I mean, you're coming in that league. Uh, wait until Jerry goes to that dinner in Chicago at the kickoff. Oh, yeah, Jerry, yeah. Uh, I've, I've had Jerry on the show, too. So it's. He's great. He's yeah. he's terrific. Good people. This is why yeah. we have a good time with us. Like again, with knowing each other as what your estimate was a thousand. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, well, you know, I just say, I get you know what I'm going to give you the I'll give you the timeline. Well, it's Marshall. Uh, Marshall's the first one, right? Marshall was the first one. We played in that uh, played in the game in Huntington. Vanderbilt. When I was at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. I told people I did a game at Rec Hall. Yes, you did. Rec Hall. Yes. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell but, you. I'll tell you a story about that game later when we get a chance. Rec Hall, awesome, love it. Uh, never been to the Jordan Center. No, uh, and, and never been to Beaver Stadium. Can you believe this? No, That's... never been to Beaver Stadium. Never been to Jordan Center, but did a game at Rec Hall. Loved it. <laughs> and, and Penn State hasn't legitimately played games in Rec Hall since 1995. <laughs> Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. One of these days, you ask me about that Vanderbilt game when you played a rec hall. I'll tell you a good story about that. Uh, uh, All right. Yeah. Hey, appreciate you. Uh, you think we might be getting your booth? Is that true? Yeah, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, it's, okay. it's great. Hey, it's not Miami. You're not going to the Hard Rock, big boy, Who? which is 32 out of 32 in the NFL. <sighs> Can't believe it's worse. If you haven't heard about the radio booth at the Hard Rock in Miami, yeah. oh, 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 man. wonderful! Well, I'll, it, it makes FedEx Field look like Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying something. And on that note, I think the, what, the, the last time I saw you was what Clemson last year, right? Clemson a year yeah. ago in the ACC yeah. Big Ten Challenge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right, pal. All right, you, call anytime, Steve. You are the best, my man. Thanks Big so man. much. Thanks, Wes. You hey, hey, be well. hey, happy holidays to your family, please. Thanks, I appreciate yep. it. Same to you. Be good. All right, West Durham, ACC Network. Uh, and. Atlanta Falcons play-by-play voice. Now do you see why I wanted to have him on the show? And yeah, I can't tell you the story. It's a clean story. It's nothing salacious about it. 
but it's one of those inside baseball stories that when I tell him about the Vanderbilt game in Rec Hall, he will laugh. And Penn State won won the game big. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. You need to be insured. And they will do everything they can to make sure it's at the best possible price. Saving money is so important, especially in these days. And you want to go with a group where customer service means everything. And that's Purdy Insurance. They are really terrific people that also happen to be great pros. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Yeah. The... uh, I haven't had a chance to really hear from Todd today. Hello, sir. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Doing great. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed Wes. And <laughs> Wes is uh, he's one of the best out there. He'll be doing the bowl game. Ah, let's see. David Callum. Yeah, this is the play-by-play voice of Ole Miss. Well, we can get him either Wednesday or Thursday. Well, well, well. Let's see. Thursday. I think we're pretty filled up on Thursday, so let's go Wednesday. Uh, Let's see. Do you have the list in front of you? I do not. That's okay. I'll just do this on my own, and then we'll move people around. I was going to say, it's Neil Neil tomorrow, and Nate got moved to Thursday. Nate's on Thursday. Mark Brennan's on Thursday. Yeah, I I, I I don't see anything Wednesday. How about Wednesday... At one thirty-five Eastern, uh, Eastern twelve thirty-five. Is there Central Time? Twelve thirty-five Central. Here we go. Here we go. We're doing. We do business on the air sometimes. We have to. He's an important guy to get on. Okay. And then on Friday we have what a half an hour. Yeah, it sounds like Kevin might do a taped interview for that one. No, I'm doing it. He's not doing a taped All right. interview. No, I'm doing it. I'm sending it to him. Okay. <laughs> it's already it's already done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's already finished. It's like it's no big deal. We got it. Okay. Uh um the um so that yeah, we'll do that then 
Let's see. So tomorrow's Neil. Wednesday's David Callum, the voice of Ole Miss. Thursday will be Nate Bauer and Mark Brennan. Friday we'll have the King. Or Friday, no King. In fact, we'll have to have the King on Thursday. Friday will be the half hour, which I'll take care of. Then we're off Christmas weekend. Then we'll be live on the 26th. And then uh, I've got shows all set up for you on the 27th and 28th. And uh, we got a half-hour lead-in to Penn State basketball on the 29th. There you go. So, That's a quick two weeks. Well, I just figured I'd point it out to everybody. <laughs> so it, I mostly did it for you guys, not for the audience. Wow. All right, so, <laughs> so you knew what was going on. All right? So, yeah, and we, we're going to have a lot of interesting guests. Uh, all right. So John Oran... For years, sports business journal, 17 years. And he's going to leave to join Puck News. And Puck News is celebrating its first foray into sports business. So he's he's leaving that. And sports business journal's been a oh, it's like in the business world. And how Wes and I talked business at the beginning about about where they stand with the ACC and Florida State. And I thought that that was a um, that, that was a great part of the segment because he brought out the frustration Florida State has, but also the limits they have to where their frustration can take them. How about that? So... Um, Yeah, I I feel like you know a lot of the talk around Florida State right now is more emotional than anything, just because it just happened. I I think more rational thoughts about it are are to come. Yet I would assume. Well, I mean, I, the emotional part about not getting into the playoff, yes, but the buildup about we have to leave this conference because we're not getting enough money. All right. That part has been building for a while, and the pandemic has a lot to do with it. People, okay, there is not a group. There's not a group in the pandemic that made money, period. Most lost anywhere between 20 and $70 million because there's nobody in the stands. The pandemic played a big role, not completely, but the pandemic played a role in the $104 million financial problem that UCLA has. Now, they were already losing money anyway, but the pandemic threw it over the top instead of maybe being a... 40 to 50 million dollar loss there at 104. Lost a lot of money. And in the end, I mean, he's right. I mean, look, they made their move because they had to. And they could. What did the Pac 12 have going for it? I'm talking about the teams in the Pac 12. What did the schools in the Pac 12 have going for it that Florida State doesn't have going for it? What they have 
that made it possible for them to move is the television rights were ending August 1st next year, which meant the grant of rights was ending August 1st next year. They were totally free to do whatever they want because the timing was perfect. Florida State doesn't have timing on its side. And that's a big part of it. Florida State does not have timing on its side. All those Pac-12 schools moved because, guess what? They had the freedom to do it. Their grant of rights was running out. There's no exit fee. It's clean. It kills the Pac-12, but it was financially clean as to what they did for each school. All right. Um, I talked about the game on Saturday at the Garden, and... Again, you know, Penn State on the boards got hit hard for the first 30 minutes. I mean, just really hit hard on the boards. Needed to do a better job there. Uh, Penn State, you know, Ace Baldwin had a chance to make a field goal, had a chance to make a free throw late that could have put it away, didn't. Okay. But in the end... Somebody said to me, well, it shouldn't have come down to that. I'm like, ah, that's not how sports is played out. If This Saturday, this past Saturday, they played 45 minutes of basketball. Not 40, but 45. During the 45 minutes, there's some points where Penn State played really well. There were some points where Georgia Tech played really well. There were some points where Penn State played lousy. There were some points where Georgia Tech played lousy. There were some points where both Georgia Tech and Penn State each were playing well, and there were some points where both Georgia Tech and Penn State were each playing lousy. So, yeah, it came down to this because of all those factors. And in the end, Penn State defensively, once they went to the press, it changed the dynamic of... Georgia Tech getting into its offense, and Penn State got steals. Penn State ended up with 13 steals in the game, six in the first half, seven in the second half. And it changed that dynamic. And Penn State, the last 10 minutes, rebounded way better. Hit some shots, made up a 10-point deficit, took took the lead. And then on the last sequence... Penn State's up one, and Penn State, Georgia Tech gave Penn State exactly the shot Penn State was hoping they would take. When you're in that situation with a team that is not a good jump-shooting team, in that situation you do not want them driving to the bucket. You do not. You want them to take a jump shot because they're not a good jump-shooting team. Well, he took a jump shot. He missed it. Uh, David Kellum is going to join us on Wednesday. 135. Okay. The voice of Ole Miss football. All right. Go from there. All right. So, see, we set that up fast. David's got a game on Tuesday anyway. Ole Miss is playing Troy. Ole Miss 10 and 0 in basketball. Um, but, you know, that's they, they took the shot that you want them to take. They're not a good jump shooting team. He took a three. Right? And wasn't even close. Ball's loose, right? And 
Miles Kelly goes to save it, and in the process of saving it, fell down. And then you have an official committed a cardinal sin. Your job is to call what you see. Your job is not to call what you think happened. And your job is absolutely not to guess what happened. And I'm going to say on my part, my guess is one of those latter two is what happened there because he did not see it. In fact, you look at the replay. What's he looking at? He's looking at the basket. They're not looking over where those guys are. That's why college basketball needs to have what the NBA has. If you have a timeout remaining, you should be allowed a challenge. Right? And that includes fouls. Right? The NBA allows challenges on a foul. Right? You should be allowed one each game. You want to use it with 18 minutes to go? Go ahead. You want to use it with 18 seconds to go? Go ahead. But you should be allowed a challenge, and if you don't win the challenge, you cost a timeout. In fact, I would go further with that. Even if you don't have a timeout, you should be allowed a challenge, and if the challenge is unsuccessful, it's two shots plus the ball for the other team. That's what I mean. You've got it. You, you have this technology at your hands. Use it. It's okay. I'm not saying give the coach five challenges, not even two. Give the coach a challenge. What do you think, Todd? I think that's workable. I, you know, I guess the only thing, I almost everything's televised now, even the smaller schools. So I don't think it would be hard to even do it at the at the Patriot League level or things like uh, at that level. No, you can do it. You can do it. And uh, I think that um, it's just, as you know, I in no way want to see humans replaced by machines and officiating. Machines should always be a supplement. And we have the supplement. We have replays all the time in football. We have replays in certain points in basketball. The other day they reviewed whether it was goaltending or not, which took, to their credit, took, what, 10, 15 seconds? Looked at it and went, yep, goaltending, let's move on. And it was fast. And it was, you know, congrats, you know, to them on, on getting it done as quickly as they did. It, you know, and the game kept, kept moving. But in something like this, and again, you get one. If you feel you need to choose to use it with 18 minutes to go, so be it. If you feel, you know, if you have a timeout remaining, then fine. Right? If you feel you need to use it with 18 seconds to go, okay. But you get one. And only one. And if you have a timeout, you lose the timeout if you lose the challenge. If you don't have a timeout, it should be two shots plus the ball for the other team if your challenge fails. Because I don't want a coach to be hamstrung on a challenge just because they don't have a timeout. So two shots plus the ball. That'd be me. To me, it's no, it was the equivalent of a technical foul. 
delay a game. Uh, former Nittany Lion wide receiver coach Jared Parker, who's been the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame this past year, is now the new head football coach at Troy. Announced that today. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is Kyle. And Haley. December is a great month to celebrate the holidays at Penn's Tavern. Every Tuesday is Tapas Tuesday. Choose three items from our tapas menu plus one side, all for $19.95. Or just choose something from our regular menu. Need something to warm you up? Try our new mold wine. Wednesday and Thursday, we also offer our authentic German dishes, such as Wiener Schnitzel, Jäger Schnitzel, Sauerbraten, Fresh Bratwurst, and Chicken Wilhelm, along with our regular menu. With Christmas right around the corner, now is a good time to start thinking about gifts. Penn's Tavern gift certificates make the perfect present for that special someone you care most about. We are open Tuesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Haley, can I go to Penn's Tavern and have a casual night with my friends and family? Of course you can, Kyle. And can I also go to Penn's Tavern and have an authentic historical dining experience in one of Sunbury's oldest buildings? Oh, for sure you can. Well, sounds like I'll be going to Penn's Tavern then, located on Route 147 between Sunbury and Herndon on the beautiful Susquehanna River. Merry Merry Christmas Christmas from from Penn's Tavern. Tavern. Piece of heaven, heaven on, on Route 147. 147. All right, Neil Kulong on the show tomorrow. Talk about Mason Rudolph being the new starting quarterback for the Steelers. And David Kellum, the play-by-play voice of Old Miss on Wednesday. This is also letter of intent day. Thursday, Nate Bauer. Mark Brennan and the King with our predictions for the weekend. Friday, a short-lived show leading into Bucknell basketball. Yeah. Bucknell finally back to playing some hoops. As they'll play Friday at 2 o'clock against Merrimack. Today's show brought to you by... Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. The suit wants Charlie Batch to come out of retirement. By the time the ball gets to him on the snap, he'll be tackled. Your home for news, AccuWeather, and sports. Celebrating 90 years of serving the Susquehanna Valley. We are WKOK Sunbury.